Hi, welcome to Teach Me Biology, our revision podcast for A-level biology students. I'm Ria Corbett. And I'm Sarah Matthews. Hi, I'm Ria Corbett. I'm a former science teacher with biology specialism. And on Teach Me Biology, I am teaching my co-host and little sister... Sarah Matthews. Biology, A-level, topic by topic, to hopefully provide you, our lovely listeners, with an audio revision resource. Yes, we hope that you incorporate us into your revision and as a part of your learning journey. Dip in and out, listen to the episodes on your week of topics, or use us as your audio biology bible. Whatever you need us for, we are here. Okay, so episode 79, Structure of Skeletal Muscle. So we're going to be looking at muscles acting in antagonistic pairs against an incompressible skeleton, gross and microscopic structure of skeletal muscle, the ultrastructure of a myofibril, the location, structure and general principle of slow and fast skeletal muscle fibres. That is what we're going to be looking at. First thing I'm going to ask you is, do you even know what skeletal muscle is? Is a muscle attached to your skeleton? Yeah, well done, yeah. So there's different types of muscle in your body. Skeletal muscle is exactly what you said, attached to bones via tendons. Mm-hmm. Okay, the other types of muscle are cardiac and smooth muscles. So your cardiac muscle is obviously your heart muscle, and that is just an mm-hmm. impulse generated within the heart that causes that to contract, so your heart beats. Smooth muscle is found in your organs, and in like you're in tubes mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. So it will be in your arteries. It will be in intestines, your esophagus. You know, anything where yeah. it, stuff's got to move, but you don't have to think about it. So it'll be like lying in your small intestine and it'll be shoving food through and stuff like that. But you don't have to think about that. Mm-hmm. But it's still moving. Um, have you seen so- these? All in three. Crispy M&M's, chocolate... <laughs> this is some sort of ad. <laughs> Crispy M&M's, chocolate M&M's and peanut M&M's all in one treat bag. <laughs> Are you whacking that open? Yeah. Nice. This is not an advert, by the way. <laughs> it is was that a peanut, peanut one? one? Yeah. Big ones are peanut ones, aren't they? And then I'm going to have that one. Oh, it's a normal M&M. I'm going to have a crispy. Is that a crispy? The round ones are crispies. Mm-mm-mm. Now I've had our little sweet break... Okay. I just got on with the episode. Mm, crispies are nice. Mm, they are, aren't they? Antagonistic pairs of muscles. Do you know what that is? They're like not friends. No, they are because they have to work together. So if you think about your arm. But the antagonist is like your body. Like when one does one, the other one does the other. Think about your arm, your bicep, your tricep. So your bicep is the one at the front and your bicep is the one, tricep is the one at the back. If you want to lift your lower arm, they have to work together. If I want to bend my arm. Me to you. With a M M&M in to my mouth. So I just lifted my upper arm to get my hand to my mouth. My bicep contracted, which meant that my tricep had to relax. And then when you straighten your arm to reach for more M&M, the opposite happens. The bicep relaxes. The bicep relaxes, the tricep tricep contracts. When you're lifting your arm, your bicep is the agonist and the tricep is the antagonist. And like same with your hamstring and your quadricep in your leg. So your hamstring is at the back of your leg. Your quadricep is at the top of your leg. Um, if I want to straighten out my leg, my hamstring is lengthened and relaxed and my quadricep is contracted. And then if I bend, your bend knee. my knee, the opposite. Yeah. Okay. Fascinating. So they work together like that. But the thing with that is just, you have to, I have to talk about it because it's on the syllabus. 
But you actually learn that in like year seven. You learn about antagonistic pairs of muscles in year seven. So there's no actual additional information than what you've learned then. Oh, okay. Okay. Let's now look at the structure of skeletal muscles. So if you look at the resource on teachmescience.co.uk, look at today's episode and you look at the picture, there is a picture on the uh, left, which is a... Oh, I've seen this in the microscope before. Yeah. So it's a microscope picture, an optical microscope picture of skeletal muscle. Okay. What do you notice about it? It's got lines in it. Yeah. So it's striped or striated, as we say. Yeah. And the stripiness is because you've got light parts and dark parts. Is that the way? All the way through, striped. Yeah. So there you've got what looks like, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, maybe like seven muscle fibres. You see like the, the dark purpley bits? What, the little chocolate bits? They're the... The nucleus. Nucleuses, yeah. So they're the stained nucleuses. Yes. And then you can see all the I way along... This. The stripiness. And we're going to talk about what is causing that light and dark stripedness throughout the, the muscle all the way along. Okay. Okay. Going to be looking at the other picture as well to, to, to sort like of... a big cigar. It looks like a ma- massive cigar, yeah. So it's striped, it's striated. You've got the light pink and the dark pink stripes, okay? We're going to look at what causes those stripes now. Muscle is made up of bundles of muscle fibres. So if you had a piece of muscle, which is effectively just like meat, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, that if you look and you cut through it, that's what you'd be able to see. You've got there bundles of muscle fibres. So they're all bundled together in little sections. And if you look at one bundle that is made up of lots of different myofibrils, the muscle fibre itself is actually a lot like a cell in its own right. So it has a nucleus, has a membrane, it has cytoplasm, but they're called slightly different things. It's got three nucleus. Multinuclear, yeah. Mm. They can be multinuclear. Well done, yeah. So if you look at the picture, you've got uh, lots of mitochondria for obvious reasons. Why would there be lots of mitochondria in muscle fibres? Energy. Energy. Energy from ATP for contraction. Well done. And again, they're, they're a lot like cells. So the, on the outside, you've got your membrane, which is actually called a sarcolemma sarcolemma is the membrane equivalent you've got your nucleuses and you've got your cytoplasm which is called the sarcoplasm the sarcolemma is folded so it's folded inwards so that there's like little tubules into the sarcoplasm which are called transverse t-tubules and they help to spread electrical impulses throughout the whole of it so that the electrical impulses reach all of the muscle fiber for contraction the sarcoplasmic reticulum is the equivalent of the endoplasmic reticulum and it stores and releases calcium ions needed for muscle contraction. So that will become important when we do the muscle contraction episode next episode. But for now, we'll leave it at that. OK, so it stores and releases calcium for muscle contraction. And then obviously the most important part is going to be these very special features, these these things called myofibrils which are protein structures that are within the muscle fibre. They're, they're the ones that allow the contraction, okay? They're protein, they, and they create that striped look within the muscle fibre, all right? They're lined up, so there'll be lots of myofibrils in one fibre, and they're all lined up parallel to each other, because if they all work at the same time, you've got your maximum force if they're all working in the same direction. The reason they create these light and dark is because they contain two different types of what we call myofilaments, thick and thin ones. The thick are called myosin and the thin are called actin, so actin and myosin. 
Now, I'm going to be describing something that's best seen within a picture. So hopefully you're all looking at a picture while I'm talking about this, okay? Whether that be a picture from a textbook, from a website, from our resource on our website, wherever that might be, please look at a picture while I'm talking. You can see at the bottom a close-up of the myofibril structure. That at the bottom, where you go from one Z-line to the other Z-line, is a called a sarcomere. So that is one section of the myofibril and they will be repeated all the way along the myofibril. The dark bands that you can see in a muscle are called A-bands and they contain thick myosin overlapped with thin actin. Do you see the green, the green strands? Yeah. And then the darker strands? Yeah. So the myosin's in the middle, right in the middle, and then the actin sort of overlaps a little bit with the ends of the myosin, which are the green strands. That would be your dark band. So if you look then at the skeletal muscle under the microscope, you look at the dark bands, that's what that is. It's the myosin and the overlapped actin. Mm-hmm. That's the A band, okay, the anistrophic band. And then the light bands, I'm sure you could work out. I band. Is the I band. And they're the isotropic bands. And they are just acting by themselves. So where at the, each end of the myosin, where there's no myosin and it's just acting, they're the thin bits. And then you've got two lines at each end and they're the Z ends. So the Z ends are basically just like attaching the actin in the next sarcomere. So Z lines are attachment lines. So yep. one end attaches to the next one. And then you've got the H zone in the middle, just myosin the M line that marks the middle that attaches the myosins and then that's so that's one sarcomere and that that makes up the structure there's one other thing that I'm just going to mention now but talk more about in the next episode tropomyosin is another proud protein it's found all the way around the actin filament and it is really important for contraction but again I've mentioned it but I'm not going to talk very much about it until what it does and things like that how it fits in until next lesson. So during contraction, the idea is that the actin and myosin will slide over each other. So again, I'll talk more about this in the next episode. The actin will slide over the myosin and then go back. It's almost like the actins are sliding towards each other over the myosins and then back again. And that's the filament sliding theory, which we'll talk more about next episode. But we're just talking about the structure today, really. So muscle fibres... They're made up into bundles. Inside those bundles are the fibres themselves. And then in the fibres, you've got the myofibrils. And that's where the actin and myosin Mm -hmm. are. The other thing I just want to talk about are the slow and fast twitch fibres, which are different types of muscle. So you'll probably find this quite interesting, actually. Slow twitch and fast twitch are actually referring to different types of muscle that can be found in different parts of your body because they have different functions. So slow twitch fibres contract slowly. They don't produce particularly powerful contractions. They just produce longer contractions over a longer period of time. So it's more about endurance, long distance. So you're more likely to find those sorts of muscle in your calf muscle and things like that. What you don't want to produce a powerful, fast contraction. So like your calf muscle ensures that you can stand up for long periods of time. So it's best to have a slow twitch muscle in there because it'll be contracted, 
but it'll be contracted for long periods of time and making you able to stand up, not really move. They're adapted for respiration because they need to be able to carry out aerobic respiration as much as possible. You don't really want any anaerobic respiration because if you remember like the basics of anaerobic, you produce lots of lactic acid, which is painful, causes fatigue, and you don't want those muscles to become easily fatigued. So they're adapted to be able to get as much oxygen and glucose as possible and to be constantly carrying out as much aerobic respiration as possible so as not to produce that lactate. Human back muscles, also very similar muscle features because of just that ability to be able to just keep you upright. So they store a lot of oxygen in what we call myoglobin. So they have a lot of myoglobin for oxygen storage. Lots and lots of blood vessels supplying oxygen and glucose as much as possible. So really dense network of blood vessels and capillaries in those areas. Lots of oxygen, lots of glucose and lots of mitochondria. So all those features would help them to carry out as much aerobic respiration as possible. Fast twitch contract fast, powerfully and intense. So that would be for your sprinting. You're very quick flying away, that sort of thing. I'm often flying away. <laughs> so eyelids have a lot of fast twitching because you've got to move them very quickly. Predator and prey would contain, like a good predator and a well-adapted prey would have good fast twitch muscle because, or a high amount of fast twitch muscle because they would be able to run away or chase easily mm-hmm. you know have really good reflexes and um, you think about like a decent sprinter is gonna have a fair amount of fast twitch in his thigh like bolt Usain bolt bolt is, has a funny shaped body for a sprinter but he has a lot of fast twitch in his thighs makes him a good sprinter yeah and it's a genetic trait really the more fast twitch you have the faster runner you're going to be the more slow twitch you have the better at strength building you're going to be and that sort of thing you know yeah what makes those people better than others it's what makes certain runners faster than others mm-hmm. even though they do the same amount of training or yeah. whatever um so in order for them to do that they actually rely more on anaerobic respiration because they can because you're not going to be using them that much so you're not going to build up that much lactic acid and if you do you'll you'll get rid of it anyway so in this case you don't have as much myosin it's much thicker you have lots of enzymes for anaerobic respiration but you just don't need as much oxygen, so you're not going to have as much blood vessels, those, that sort of thing. Yeah. So I think that's it in terms of the new information. It is, yes. Um, should we try some questions? I've yeah. only got one. I've got the resource for it here. Yeah, I've only got one question. Figure three Figure shows three. the banding pattern of a single sarcomere. So do sacromere. Sa- sarcomere. Sarcomere. So in between the Z bands, yeah? Right. Okay. Or the Z lines. So the question is, three marks, explain the banding pattern shown in the figure. So the darker one is the A, right? Yeah. You have to say what it contains. So do I need to say that um, it's a filament? Yeah. So what particular filament it is? Actin. Actin. So which one? The dark one's actin filament. Actin. Just actin for dark? Myosin. And myosin, yeah. And then the so light. one mark for saying the darkest or the overlapping region has actin and myosin. And then the lighter one, nothing. Just actin. Oh, just actin. Just okay. actin, yeah. 
So it's darker because of the myosin, is it? Myosin and actin together. And then the lighter bit... It's just actin. It's just actin. And then what about the middle bit? What about that H zone? The H zone, let me go back, has got the line around. It's only myosin. So there's your three marks, okay? Okay. The light is just actin. The middle H zone is just myosin. The dark bit is actin and myosin. There you go. All right? So there you go. Structural skeletal muscle. Explaining the stripes. Sorted. Okay, shall I do the roundup? We Moving the human body requires both muscle and a rigid skeleton. The reason for this is muscles will only allow movement if they pull on a structure that is incompressible. Muscles work in antagonistic muscle pairs. An example of this can be seen in the bicep and tricep of the arm. To raise the lower arm, the bicep contracts and the tricep relaxes. In this case, the bicep is the agonist and the tricep is the antagonist. To straighten the arm, the muscle will do the opposite. Skeletal muscle makes up the muscles in the body that are attached to the skeleton. It is made up of bundles of muscle fibres, which are the long, highly specialised cells. Each muscle fibre is surrounded by a cell surface membrane called a sarcolemma. This has many folded projections that fold in from its outer surface, known as the transverse or T-tubules. Each muscle fibre also contains a cytoplasm equivalent called a sarcoplasm, which contains many nuclei, many mitochondria and sarcoplasmic reticulum, which contains protein pumps that transport calcium ions needed for muscle contraction. The most important part of each muscle fibre is the myofibrils found in the sarcoplasm. Each myofibril is made up of two types of protein filament. Thick filaments made up of myosin and thin filaments made up of actin. These two types of filaments are arranged in a particular order, creating different types of bands and lines. The light bands are only actin filaments, known as I-bands, and the darker bands are known as A-bands and contain areas where only myosin filaments are present and where actin and myosin filaments overlap. This banding is visible under the microscope, making muscle look striated. The M line is the centre of the sarcomere, and that is where myosin attaches. The Z lines mark the end of each sarcomere and where actin filaments attach. A sarcomere is a section of myofibril between two Z lines. Myofibrils are made up of repeating sarcomeres all the way along. There are two types of muscle fibres, fast fibres and slow fibres. Both make up human muscles and some muscles have higher proportions of each fibre due to their different properties. Fast muscle fibres contract rapidly. They are suited to short bursts of high intensity in activity as they fatigue quickly, as they rely on anaerobic respiration for ATP supply. Slow muscle fibres contract more slowly and are suited to sustained activities and rely on aerobic respiration for ATP. They therefore need a high supply of oxygen, so they have a dense network of capillaries and a high number of mitochondria and a myoglobin which stores oxygen. Okay, got any takeaways? So the muscle fibre has got myofibrils in them. Yes. And myofibrils have got um, sarcomeres. Yes. And the sarcomeres are made of actin 
niacin and that's it how good is that um, well done the actin and the myosin together makes the dark bit the actin on its own is a light bit and then the bit in the middle is the myosin bloody hell well done that's all the info (laughs) there's also some mitochondria in there for energy (laughs) muscles are skeletal smooth and one other one that i can't remember her name of well done that's good that's really good takeaways Normally you sit there going, um, I don't know. Just went for it. What can Diffusion. I say? <laughs> Diffusion. Might have been mentioned. <laughs> um, do you remember like when we first started out and you used to make notes? I think I did like so one they, episode. So they had like takeaways and now I you just like wing it. <laughs> you just wing it now yeah. and bring M&Ms. Okay, so the wider reading is still going to be the Science of Everything podcast. I don't think there are any specific muscle-based episodes but still, you'll, you'll find plenty of episodes related to all sorts of things to do with A-level biology. So just have a little listen, pick one and give it a go. Cool. If you want to contact us, you can go to our website. That's got basically everything to do with us on there you could possibly want to imagine. Go to our website. You can drop us an email at teachmebiologycast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at, at teachmebiocast and on Instagram at, at teachmebiologycast. You can also buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash teachmebiology. I have got a couple more messages to read out from that I hadn't read out before. I've got a message from a girl called Elsie. Hi, I'm originally from England. I've moved to Finland for a while now. I'm currently studying for my Finnish version of the A-levels and they're coming up in September. Your podcast has helped me more than you can imagine. I listen to the subject in English since it is my first language. Then I reread the subject in more detail in Finnish. This helps me grasp the idea of each topic before memorising things. I listen to your podcast while working in a metal factory for my summer job. It is... Oh, I wonder what she does. A perfect... I know. A perfect time to just listen for hours on end. Thanks so much for an opportunity like this to help me study for my exams. Sending my love to you both. Two hearts, one each. One for you, one for me. Oh, OK. Two hearts. Two hearts. Now... That's the second person we've had who is from an English-speaking country and has moved to a different language country yeah. and is still studying mm-hmm. at that high level. And I think that is amazing. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much for your message. Ricky, hello. I just wanted to say that I've just recently started listening to your podcast and it's by far become the really useful tool for me. It has so far become a really useful tool for me. I'm about to enrol on an access to HE, in so higher education in health course to hopefully go on to study physiotherapy. Having not touched biology since high school, which is a very long time, I'd be quite anxious about some of the biology concepts being a little alien. But your podcast has really helped me to absorb the information that I've been reading about and struggling to take in. I love the dynamic of teacher-student as it slows down the topics, unlike watching a YouTube video where it can go a bit too quick. That's a really good point, actually. Like, if you do watch a YouTube video, it's like, wham, 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 here's all the information. Yeah. They don't really discuss it. Yeah. Which I suppose we have that kind of dynamic, which is a really good point. And I take it to, to whereas your podcast pauses for questions where I would typically have a lot of the same questions. Keep up the amazing work. Thank you. Cool. Thank you, Ricky, so much. And best of luck. Oh, I love this one. Dear Ria and Sarah, I want to thank you for making your podcast. I have finished my international A-level course this year and I got an 
A star. A star for biology. Your podcast helped me a lot and guided me through some hard topics. Keep doing what you are doing. I wish you all the best. An A star. What a absolute... Not because of us, though. You did it yourself. Yeah. <laughs> You're a legend. We just talked rubbish. Yeah. For a couple of episodes. Do you want episodes. to do the bit? You can come on and just do the me bit. Because <laughs> you know the answers. <laughs> that was Anna. Amazing. And then finally, from me. From mm. you? Did you email yourself? I emailed myself, no. <laughs> finally, from, from my list of letters. and Letters? <laughs> from the handwritten love notes she's been receiving. From Manpreet. I love your podcast. I've learnt so much. And have a great interest in biology. And your podcast is well done. Great, thanks. Thank you so much. And that is all the messages I have. Enjoy reading them. So please send us messages. I also enjoy reading them. It makes us feel so happy inside. And it makes our day. Is that the bell? Yes, that was the bell. I wonder what the advert was that you've just listened to. It was probably... Hello, Fred. (laughs) Anyway, carry on. What were you going to say? Let's flash back to one year ago. Can't get sun burnt through glass episode, <laughs> which is coming out next week. It's not happening. <laughs> Idiots. Well, me and Maisie are going to record a separate episode. Oh, you do. You go ahead. Episode, a bonus episode about why you can't get sun. Okay, glass. you go ahead. <laughs> Pair of wallies. Hello and welcome to this very special extra little bit at the end of the episode of Teach Me Biology called Why You Can't Get Sunburnt Through Glass episode. It's a year late, but here it is. It's me, Sarah. And who is it? Maisie Matthews. All right, full named. Maisie <laughs> is here. Um, she's the new podcast host. Uh, Hi, guys. Just for the end bit here. No Rhea, because she wouldn't take part in it. Remember, she actually said she was never going to do it. So here we are. <laughs> it's the You Can't Get Sunburnt Through Glass episode. Here it is. Maisie, maybe we should start our own podcast called Can't Get Sunburnt Through Glass. Yes, definitely. Or just something else completely. Do I have to be like, right next to this thing? I would be quite close to it if I were you. Oh, Hi, guys. You can't oh, swear on it. There's no swearing on the podcast. <laughs> You're going to have to add in one of those little... Oh, I'm going to have to put a beep in now. I've got to go out of my way and put a beep in. Right. Maisie's here with the science of why you can't get sunburnt through glass. Here we go. Hello. So, this says, how do windows absorb sun rays? When a window is hit by UVB rays, the glass absorbs about 97%, which is more dangerous and causes sunburn. And 37% of UVA rays, which is less harmful. So when the sun shines, you're sat in front of the window. The sun rays are absorbed by the window and not Mm -hmm. by your skin. Mm -hmm. So they don't come through the glass. Yeah. How mental is that? We're we're actually right. You can't get sunburned (laughs) through glass. um, 50 degrees. No. Apparently, the window acts as a sun cream. How mental. Fascinating. That's the best bit of science that the listeners are going to take. Yeah, from this episode, yeah. Can't get sunburnt through glass. I am amazed. Can you get sunburnt through glass? The answer is simply no. Okay, then we should all just sit in front of windows then when it's sunny and don't bother buying sun cream. What if you want to go outside? Just go just carry <laughs> around the window. Just <laughs> carry around the window. <laughs> Okay, was that the bow? Uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it was. Okay, yeah. Cool. Thank you yeah. for letting me on this really good episode of yeah. Teaching Me Biology, teaching your listeners that you can't get sunburnt through glass. Because Rhea did 
did the, I want to do it. Uh, okay, well, um, thank you for joining us for this thank you. small addition to your episode. I assume it's going to be on skeletal muscles because that was the episode I am currently editing. <laughs> okay, my name has been and still is Sarah Matthews. And I'm Rhea Corbett. This has been Teach Me Biology and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.